0: Welcome to this episode of REI Spotlight. I'm your host, David Schwan, and today's guest is Margie M. Fields with AZ, or AZ Wealth Builders. Welcome. Tell us a little Hi. bit about yourself.
1: Thank you so much for having me. So my background is in sales and marketing. I actually worked with Google at one point in my career, and my degree is in sales and marketing. So a few years ago, we decided to get into the real estate world, and we started fixing and flipping, found out that's a fairly active form of income, and was introduced into multifamily. So now I'm a multifamily girl, and specifically, I capital raise for Easy Wealth Builder.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, we definitely, uh, we definitely welcome you to the show. Our listeners uh, love uh, talking about raising capital, so... Uh, we'll just, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll unpack this and and dig on in. Um, So uh, you said, you said that you went from multi-family or from, from, you know, single family to multi-family. Did you do much, did you have to do much capital raising on the single family side or, or did, or it was uh, when you got into multi-family, that was kind of when? That started. You uh, started working on that side.
1: We did very little capital raising on the single-family side. Um, it was more of JV partnerships and and finding some people to either come and do sweat equity or provide a small amount of money. The the real capital raising came when I started doing the multifamily and we started actually doing syndications, meaning pulling more than two people together to buy a property and you're involving limited partnerships. It was kind of funny because. Um, I had a, a mentor tell me once, you know, I, I reached him out to him and I said, look, I'm looking for some money on this. And he said, well, have you worked with the SEC? And I said, oh, I don't need to worry about the SEC. You know, that's, uh, that's, that's not where I'm going with this. It's okay. And um, about, oh, six months or so after that, we closed on our first one, our first multifamily. And I reached back out to him and I said, wow, wasn't that an ignorant statement? <laughs> <laughs> He said, I was wondering when you would learn better. And I said, yeah, it took me a little bit of knowing, you know, and that's really why finding mentors and those people are really good as long as you make sure to listen to them because they really will direct you to the right resources and the right processes to to grow your business. But you, you know, take it from me. You have to really listen to him as well. So I have to give a shout out to Andy Werner for being patient with me and <laughs> laughing
0: well, I, I, through. I, that I, I was about Ray say, I, I think you just unpacked one of the biggest pieces of advice that have been given out on this show. And, and I was going to go back and say, look, this is a pub, public service announcement. Right here is, uh, and, and the reason it sticks out is because I'm not. I'm, I've also been guilty of this. Uh, Everybody out there, whoever's listening to this podcast, when you pay money to somebody to be your advisor, to be your coach, to be your mentor, listen to them. You paid them for a reason. There was a reason why you went to them because you wanted their advice. You wanted their knowledge. And you paid for their knowledge and their advice. Please, listen to them do what they say. There's a reason you paid the money. There's a reason (laughs) that they're giving you this advice. And, you know, I I have a 14-year-old daughter. She doesn't pay me for my advice. So, you know, she can ignore it. But she would take this advice too is, you know, when somebody gives you advice, and especially advice that you've paid for, take it, listen, be active on it. Just do, do what they say. That's why you have a mentor. Okay. Now that that public service announcement
1: is. <laughs> you're very right then. The kids will never listen to you. David. I, didn't- <laughs> I was in my twenties. You know, it was really amazing to me how smart my mom was when I turned 25. It was amazing. All those things she'd been telling me like, wow, you're really smart. Lady.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, look that, uh, that thing you have in life called experience—it it, it really does matter out there, it, and you know, and it, it, it matters in this space too. It's like, look,
1: because. you
0: know, it, it's it's you know, you if you've paid money for an advisor, for a mentor, for whatever, you know, look, pay attention to those people. You paid them for a reason, you know, and you know that reason is, is so that you don't you don't have to pay for the mistakes that they've made i mean you know that's 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 yeah. why the you know that's that's why they're there i mean that's why they're educating you it's, yeah. it's it's this stuff is all for you that's why you paid for it
1: and to keep in mind with that i mean you're talking about when you pay for an education that is one thing but i'll tell you firsthand that there nothing beats experience so i'm glad that the, you brought brought that up You know, we paid for a high level education and and we got to the table with a lot of education, but nothing beats the experience of when you're stuck in a situation and being able to call that advisor and say, oh my God, what do I do? You know, so not only do you listen, but truly reach out. If you're paying for a mentor, paying for a coach, don't hesitate to reach out, especially when you're in that kind of situation where you're going, oh, oh no, (laughs) what do I do?
0: and 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 make sure that uh you know for those listeners out there that are thinking about hiring a coach thinking about hiring a mentor especially if you're paying and and if you're paying large sums of money make sure that you know what you're you, you know you know that you can get a hold of that coach and that that's part of the deal that you know that 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 you know when you're paying for an advisor make sure that when you need that advisor because you you don't know when you're going to need them, that you have that access that, you know, you're not paying $20,000 to a guy and you can only talk to him once a month, be a little leery, uh, you know, unless he has really good advisors and coaches underneath of him. But you need to make sure that, you know, when when you are – because you know, this is like everything else. There are great coaches out there and there are some that aren't quite that good. Make sure you're doing your background. Make sure you understand who you're hiring because there are plenty of people out there. There are plenty, $50,000 programs that are worth every single penny of that $50,000. I'm not, I'm, I'm a huge fan of coaches and I'm a food huge supporter just make sure that whoever you hire make sure you do background check with them like anybody else you know make sure that they you know make sure that they they're going to meet your needs and can follow through on on what you want but yeah just make sure that you know and 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 listen to them (laughs) you know, once yeah. you do find the one, but, you know, just, just be careful for, for who you, who you hire and just make sure that they're a personal fit. You know, don't, don't, you know, if somebody's uh, out there trying to high pressure you into signing up for a coaching program, look, you can take a couple days. If they're worth the money, they'll be there in a week. You know, don't, don't sign up on a whim. Don't, you know, don't get pressured into it, but you do, they are neat. I mean, a coach, a mentor. um you know, if you can afford one, hire one. If you can't, you know, you, yeah, you have to take a little bit longer road. But I'm telling you, if you can afford it and you want to hop in the express lane, get you a good mentor, or coach, and they they'll get you. They'll get you as long as you do your due diligence and you pick a good one. They'll get you there.
1: Yeah, yeah I like your suggestion on be careful who you align yourself with. You know, I've said it for years: the company you keep defines your life. And other people have said it. You know, your network defines your net worth, and it's very, very true. So. Doing your background checks and making sure that they are in integrity with you and that your moral compasses are aligned are very important because if they're telling you to do something you're not ethically, morally, or legally inclined to do, you're just paying a bunch of money for no for nothing. So it's a very, very important uh, statement to make sure you're doing your background checks and really know who you're aligning yourself with.
0: Definitely, definitely. You know, and and make sure that you know, like I said. make sure they align with you. They'll, they'll, you know, if if you pick the right one, they'll get you there. And like I said, I have, uh, you know, there, there are coaches out there that, you know, you know, it, it, it it may or may not cost you depending on who you want and who you go with and who you align with. But, you know, if you're paying for a coach, just look, you're going to do a backward. If you're, if you're hiring a plumber to come into your house, you probably done some sort of background check, or at least check the BBB to let them in your house. If you're going to pay somebody 10 grand to be your coach, I think you should, uh, uh, you know, I, I think you should do at least that same amount of due diligence. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you
1: want to make sure that they know what they're talking about too. If you're looking at hiring a coach and they've only closed one deal, I mean, what are they really going to be able to teach you? There's a lot of wannabes out there that, Got into the investing world and then realized it's it's not as easy as everybody makes it out to be. And so then they just started education programs and started teaching other people how to do it. And I'm not going to name names. Most of the big guys out there, that's not what they do. But there's a few floating around that that's what they've done. And it's really important to make sure you know, ask them how many deals have you closed and when, because if that's the other thing, if they've only closed deals 20 years ago, well, things have dramatically changed. Laws have changed. Loan types have changed. So you want to make sure that they're up to date and that they're at the level of which where you want to be.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that's the whole thing. Make sure, I mean, you know, make sure, and, and this is mentors for, this isn't just mentors or coaches in life, in real estate. This is just, I I mean, because I'm a big supporter and I'm a big fan of coaches in general. And, you know, they, I mean, as long as you hire the right coaches, they will make a huge world of difference in your life. Uh, And not just in, business and life and 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 a lot of parts of your your life whoever you you know because we're all not born perfect humans at least I wasn't um (laughs) you know I
1: was not (laughs) (laughs) no I'm kidding but, but you're right we're not all born perfect we're all you know the point of learning your point of life is is to grow and to learn so if you're growing and learning that's fantastic as long as you're not staying stagnant but you know, do your research, and, and that's a good point, too. Do your research, but don't overanalyze. You know, even in the multifamily, when people are underwriting, they analyze things to death and they get in this analysis paralysis where they take no action. And I promise you, at least some action is better than nothing at all. You know, if you've done your research and your gut tells you, hey, this is going to be okay, or at least try, that you should try. If your gut is screaming at you, telling you to run, whether it be in a deal or a coach or a mentor or a friend or a lover or whatever it may be, if your gut tells you to run, definitely run. But don't analyze it to death to the point where you do nothing. There's still just unbelievable value in taking action.
0: Definitely, definitely. Sometimes you just have to
1: step and you have to step off a cliff and build a plane on the way down.
0: Yep, yep, yep. So I, I mean, it, it, you, like like you said, I, I mean, you have to weigh your out. You you know, you have to weigh it. But you know, I mean, there's a certain amount. But most people who are paralyzed, they know that they are paralyzed. They just haven't stopped to actually look at it. But you know, you those of you out there that are having analysis paralysis, you know who we're talking to. Yeah, just need to get off the. You you you're you're stuck. I, you know, you either need to just back up and say, I'm done with this, or you need to go forward? You need to pick a direction. I mean, because if you're, you, you, you know, if you've been analyzing this and analyzing this and analyzing this and just getting over that analytical hump is the only thing that stands in your way, look at it. The numbers are the numbers. And if you've the, you know, if you've went through your numbers five times and all five times they came out with the same numbers and you know that your your calculations and the formula you're using is valid, go for it, do it, or look at the numbers and, and if the numbers are too close for you, walk away from it. You know, it, it, it's, you, you, you just, you can't, you know, once you've done the work and you know if you've gotten to that point. Once you've done the work, you know, it, look, if this is your third time analyzing the deal and going through the numbers and they haven't changed, they're not going to. We're it's a yeah. to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but to come full circle, David. That's why you hire that mentor too, especially for you analyzers that get stuck. You know, if you're analyzing it and you think it works and your coach thinks it works, it's probably going to work. But if you have a bad feeling and your coach has a bad feeling, it's probably not going Excuse me, gonna work.
0: Uh, it, <laughs> Sorry,
1: it, it, I have really got allergies today. Uh, well. You,
0: you, you, you are, you are awesome. You're, you're fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what else? Who else? If you're really worried about the numbers, give it to your lender. <laughs> That's a good
1: point.
0: That's a very good. As a matter of they're going to look over it. And you know, they they may or may not be the best, but I'm telling you. If it's a bad deal, you know they they can't really tell you it's a good deal, but they will definitely tell you by going. We are not loading loaning on this. It will tell you it's a bad deal. I mean, yep. you, you know, it, it's 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 like look, yeah, and you know, look, lenders like lending, lenders like looking at stuff. Don't 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 feel bad about giving it to two lenders either, because you know, guess what. They, they 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 want your business and you should be asking probably three lenders on every deal anyway, so you know put it put it out there you know find you find you a good mortgage broker or some sort of broker, whoever's going to do your financing however you're going to do it look if you're stuck, give it to them they'll 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 okay. they'll do a pretty pretty good job because you know who has more money at risk than you. The lending institution. <laughs> they're financing probably 60%. So who has the biggest stake in all of this in reality? The lender. Yep. The lender is going to make sure that you at least on paper have a at least pretty decent deal. So if you're worried about completely blowing it up and having something awful and you're you're scared, your lender's not going to let you run through because they're not going to lend you on something that is completely Trash. I mean, you know, they're going to, they, they, they want to look at the end of the day and see that, hey, how am I going to get my money back? Because, like I said, they're the biggest, they're the ones with the most at risk is because they have the largest part of the capital.
1: Yep. It's a very, very, very good suggestion. And you're right. And if the lender tells you they're not going to lend on it, just stop right there. Don't, don't, uh, don't try to force something. I think, David, a lot of people get emotionally attached to the deals and and especially the numbers. And I think the biggest thing you really need to remember is objectivity. Make sure that you're really looking at it from a a objective standpoint. Don't fall in love with the numbers. Fall in love with the numbers when the numbers work and when the deal is closed. That's when you really fall in love with it because that's when you know it's really is your baby, you got it done. But you can't have an emotional attachment to it from day one. It's too hard to let go. And then you wind up putting yourself in a bad spot. If you're putting yourself in a bad spot, you're putting your investors in a bad spot, and now you will ruin your reputation like that. Oh,
0: defi- never- de- definitely. Like, like the when, when you know, when, when, when you're on that analyzing side, especially when it's something new, that you shouldn't be looking at a deal going, "Why do I want this deal?" No, you should be. When you first start looking at the deal, the first time you look at a deal, the first thing in your head should be why do I not want this? Why, you know, where is the reason that I can throw this one away and start looking deeper onto the next one? Yep. And, you know, make sure you're looking at it like, you, you know, it's, it's never be desperate for a deal. I know you can feel like it and you can really, really, really want a deal, but don't, don't be desperate. Be, you know, it, it's the, the, the first look on any deal should be, okay, why do I not like this? What, what is my reason to throw this away? And, you know, I, and I, I think that'll lead you, that'll lead you a long way from, you know, picking something that you shouldn't be. And and like you said, just just don't, don't fall in love with it until at least until you get a proposal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or at least until after due diligence, because you never know what comes up in due diligence. And that's the other thing don't ignore what's happening in due diligence. You know, we found some very interesting things, including a death on property, including um, notices that are sent out that we won't raise rents. I mean, all kinds of funky stuff. So you have to, when you're doing your due diligence, you have to really look into that and don't ignore a single thing on it. Most of the due diligence items become opportunities to renegotiate if necessary. Right. And I'm not a huge advocate for renegotiating. I think you should negotiate a good deal up front, but if something comes up don't just ignore it and rush it under the rug address it and look at it as an opportunity how can you fix it well, right and, and can you fix it to your to a way that's going to be advantageous and profitable
0: yeah well and also you have to understand it's like look does your does your offer price and what you're offering does it Build in that part of the due diligence. It's like okay, we knew on the front side that this place was going to need a new roof. You don't go back and renegotiate on a new roof if you knew on the front side that it needed new roofs. Now, if you thought it was okay on your front side, and you know the 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 the, the, the owner goes, oh, that roof's like four years old, and you get there, and the roof's twenty years old, and you know it's it's a whole different, Yeah, then you need to go back and re- renegotiate and talk. Um, right you know legitimate especially.
1: reasons though like that not not just because a lot of people in this industry they'll go through due, due diligence looking for stuff that will be the cause for or the reason or the excuse for them to go back and renegotiate and i just don't feel like that's right if you make a good deal up front you made a good deal but if they've withheld information or falsified information then absolutely you have every right to go back and say wait a minute i've been honest with you how come you haven't been honest with me? If you're not going to be honest with me, you're going to drop my price because now I have to take into the risk of the fact that you're not being honest with me. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. If we to
1: make a business, then we wouldn't have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's and, and like I said, you know, that's I, I don't like to generalize because every owner's different, every operator's different, every broker's different, and you know, and and, and sometimes it's it's not intentional. It's just something that over got overlooked, or you know, some secretary somewhere who did the, the, the OM just didn't correct something from, you know, she copied and pasted from, you know, some other file and, and didn't go through and correct it. It's, you know, well, I mean, we're all human in this business mistakes happen, but you yep. know, it, it's just, you, you, you just gotta, I, I mean, you know, don't, don't, don't retrade unless you have to, but certainly retrade if there's a good reason for, I mean, you know, it, it's don't, don't go looking into a forty-year-old property that you know has not been rehabbed and start beating them up because the cabinet faces are are a little worn. It's not right. wear and tear. It's, it's, you it's you know, it. just, just be just be reasonable with what with, with what your 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 things are. Don't don't over the due diligence, but certainly if it, you know definitely uh, when you need to pick it and use it. Just it's kind of like a hammer. You. Use your hammer when you're supposed to use your hammer. Don't, don't, don't go swinging around just because you can, you know. And don't, don't go retrade, you know, because yeah, it, all I'm you're really doing is what? causing yourself more, more heartache. Because you know, when you go back to retrade, the guy might go, well, I did have a second offer on this, and now that you're back at this, well. You know, it, it. You may lose the deal if you do it too much, or you're too aggressive, and you use it at the wrong time or, or for the wrong reasons. You know. Um
1: I like your suggestion of being reasonable, and like you said, you know, if you're going into a property that's 40 years old and the cabinets are falling, I mean, come on, that's pr- to be expected. But if you go into the property and, you know, like we had one out here in Mesa, and uh, we. I'll tell you the whole story. You know, the seller said, oh, the microwave just melted. There was a fire and it was just the microwave that melted. Well, when we did our due diligence, it was actually floor to ceiling black inside the unit. So it was fortunate that the cost to repair that, um, it didn't force us to retrade. So, but that's a reasonable thing to have to retrain on, right? Where yeah. if it really is going to be a significant cost, let's say that five of those units had burnt because of that microwave melting. Well, that's a, that's a heavy cost. There's a lot of CapEx that will go into that repair cost. So that could have been a possibility for us to go and retrade. Now it turned out where it didn't because we are reasonable and we were costing it out. The money was there. It was okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, later on when there was another fire, yes, another fire on the same property before we closed on it. Um, we did wind up retraining a little bit with the seller because of that one. And it was mostly of, okay, who's going to take care of this? Is it going to be insurance? Is it going to be you? How are we going to put that money in? How much is it going to be? And the seller was very reasonable about that and worked with us very well on that. So I have no complaints, but it was an opportunity where both parties could come to terms on that retrade with it still being a win-win and fair and reasonable for everybody.
0: Oh, yeah, that, definitely. And, and, and you know, people, I mean, that's expected. That's, you, you know, it's expected. I'm pretty sure that owner knew that he went, okay, look, they're going to ask for this. And you were like, well, we're going to ask for this. So let's, <laughs> we, 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 we both know those conversations about ready to be had. So let's just sit down and have it. Nobody, I'm pretty sure nobody was really all bent out of shape. or
1: No, nobody was. And we weren't angry that they had a fire. He wasn't angry that we expected something in return for that. I mean, it was very much expected. Um, same thing happened with another one of our properties. The seller gave a notice out to every... <laughs> Backstory, the seller was 84 years old, living in Texas. He was a very, very sweet old man. And he was the original developer of the property. So it was a beautiful, beautiful property. But he had given every tenant a notice saying that he wasn't going to raise the rents for a year. And he was $250 below market rent. Oh. So, and then he put it up for sale. But you essentially bind in whoever was coming in to buy this property's hands, that they weren't being able to raise the rents within that first year. So they're, but you're valuing it as if it's the higher rents. Oh, so yeah. we've, we've got a problem here, right? Like we, we can't get the value of it up to where you're charging us. It's still down here. So what he actually did, we went back and retraded, but retrading can look many different ways. It's not like we said, okay, you have to lower your, your purchase price. We actually kept that same purchase price, but he left in money in the deal through seller financing to cover the difference between what he was charging and those higher rents for six months. And that gives us time to bump up the rents. It pushed us past the point where he had said, we're not going to increase your rents anymore and blah, blah, blah. So it wound up working out really well, but don't think retrading is always just, well, David, you need to lower your price because I found this and that and the other. You can get creative and find solutions that are um, just as, as valuable for both parties.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like I said, you, you know, re- retrading's not a, you, you know, it, 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 it's like a lot of things in life, a lot of words in life. You know, it's, it's the, uh the, 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 the negativity is all on how, you, how, and when you use it. I mean, retrade is like, look, you know, sometimes, and, and you know, don't worry about it. I mean, sometimes some of this due diligence stuff it pops up, and the current owner actually doesn't know that it's actually a problem that, that they I have realized, you, you know, so it's not, not everything that pops up in due diligence is intentional. Not everything is bad. Sometimes it's good, you know, and you know, you, you just got to roll with it, but you know, it, it's, if you have to retrade, you have to retrade. I, my thing is, is look, don't, don't use it as a bargaining tool. I mean, if you were going to bargain, bargain in the front, on the front side, you know, don't, don't, don't harm the, the the industry by being a jerk. You know, it's like, that's
1: a really good statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, please, Don't be a please jerk. Just,
0: just use it the way that it's supposed to be used. I mean, yeah. it, it's there for a reason. We all understand the reason, and when used correctly, nobody. It, it's not a bad word. It's a bad word when you get you, you know when when you know on the front side that you're before you sign any paperwork, you're going to go back to this guy and try and get him to knock $300,000 off the price of this complex.
1: Yeah, that's not cool. If you
0: know that in the beginning, then look, you, you you just shouldn't have done it. I mean, you know, why are you, why, why are you messing with people's time? You know, <laughs> we only have so much of it. Don't mess with people's time. <laughs> well,
1: you're going to tick off your brokers too. And then they won't work with you. If you get known in this industry as being a re trader, um, and constantly going back and asking for more discounts for stupid reasons, the brokers will literally cut off your lifeblood and stop bringing you deals. Now, it doesn't make your job impossible, but it does make it that much harder. So if you are going to retrade, I also encourage you to contact your broker and make sure that the seller is going to – or, or more maybe approach is how can we approach this? How can we deliver this message where so the seller can see our point of view and agree with us on this without pushing so far to where it's going to tick them off and now you lose the deal and you lose the broker. Because the brokers make their money when you close the deal. So if you keep getting under contract and then leaving because of retrading, they're just going to cut you off. Like, And they should. You're wasting their time and you're being a jerk. So they should cut you off. And, and the industry will not tolerate that. This is a very small little world, this multifamily world, it is. Even though we're all technically all over the world, and you run into each other over and over and over again. So if you get known as that guy, nobody's going to sell you their property. Nobody's going to allow you to buy one. The brokers won't work with you. The lenders won't work with you. And you're basically cut off. You're done. Yeah. So I think you, what you said, don't be a jerk. Like, that's that's perfect. <laughs> <Can we laughs> multifamily mantra, don't be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> that's a great way. It, it's, it's just you know, just whatever, you know, know, when do it, just use your tools the way you need them the way that they're supposed to be. And then, you know, everybody, you know, the, the brokers understand that, look, if it, if it's valid reason for retrading, there's not a broker out there that's going to complain to you. If it's a valid reason, there's not an owner out there that honestly, if you're trying to retrade for a valid reason, they're not going to worry about it. They're going to understand that, you know, and, you know, and, and probably honestly, if if you're doing it for a very valid reason, you have a broker or an owner that gets all bent out of shape. Just go. Well, thankfully, I found that in due diligence, and I walked away from it because if they get that upset on a true and valid reason, then they're hiding something else, and you you just need to walk away because <laughs> yeah, probably we've just actually
1: had that happen in Atlanta. Them. Um, we had a deal out in the Atlanta area and we were under contract and started doing a bunch of due diligence, found out there had been a shooting and a death on the property. We went back to the seller and, and asked them to retrade with us because that's a huge liability, especially for future. And uh, Unfortunately, at the time, uh, they, they weren't willing to do that. And that's fine. You know, it was OK, we'll walk away from it. Eventually that happened multiple times with them where people found out and so they did wind up having to start disclosing that And they actually came back to us and they were willing to retrade at that point So sometimes it's, you know, it's good to keep that relationship up You should never be the jerk and well, you know, I can't believe you guys would hide this or whatever the case may be Technically, they don't have to disclose that to you. They really don't But if somebody finds it out, you know, everybody should look at that as an opportunity not necessarily a challenge, right? But you don't want to get to the point where how, you know, how could you, how could you not do this? I can't believe that. And it becomes a, a piss match, you know, <sighs> you gotta be, you gotta be professional. You, you've got to be kind in this and just say, you know, I, I appreciate your time. And unfortunately it's just too high a risk liability for us. And so until you know, we're going to pass on that, but if you ever come back around where you want to renegotiate, just let us know, keep us in mind. And when you do that and you act professionally, they will, they, if the, if the opportunity arises, they will come back to you. And that's exactly what happened. So,
0: yeah, you know, and
1: now we're, we're taking that one down and it's, it's a great little deal. So
0: awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, just, just people, you know, just uh, just be nice, do what you need to do. I mean, you know, you, you've been educated, you, you, you know, you, you've, you've learned this stuff, just, you know, just keep up that, you know just keep up that professional i th- i think that was the best word that 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 was used was just be professional about this i mean you know you you can you, you can be a hothead all you, you know out, outside of, outside of this but you know just when you're dealing with others just keep your keep your wits about yourself and and just you know Treat everybody like, uh, like, like like you should be treating them.
1: Like you want to be treated, you know? Save yep. the drama for your mama and treat others the way you want to be treated. It, it goes really far. My dad taught me that from a very, very young age. You treat others the way you want to be treated. And I think that's the most important thing that people forget is, you know, how, how would you feel if somebody kept coming back and retrading with you? How would you feel if somebody came and attacking your livelihood like that? Probably not so good. So if you're going to do it, make sure you have a legitimate reason and try to look at it from their standpoint as well. That's a very good advice, David.
0: Definitely, that. definitely. Um, there, uh, I. Um, let's see, where was I going? <laughs> I kind of kind of got distracted there. Sorry. Um, what uh what question should have I asked you that I haven't asked you yet?
1: <laughs> how to find investors. Yes. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's uh, actually market actually market that's
0: market. what this was supposed to be about. <laughs> so.
1: That's okay. We both run podcasts. I know I get it. Don't okay. I get stuck in the, oh God, am I, I'm supposed to ask you a question. I know I am. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So
1: the number one question I get is how do you find investors, especially with my background being in digital marketing. Um, and so there's a few different ways that I do it. Facebook and LinkedIn are probably the, well, let me retract that Facebook, LinkedIn, and bigger pockets are the three most valuable sites in, um, the multifamily raising money capital world. So you really want to have a strong presence, especially on Facebook and LinkedIn. And then on bigger pockets, you know, even if you're not the, if you're not yet the teacher, you're still the student, but that's okay. Go on there and ask questions, you know, and, and, Sometimes people will get on your case and, and get nasty if you ask a stupid question, but they're, all they're really doing is giving you a gift, telling you that they're not the ones for you to work with, that they're not good enough people for you to work with. So if somebody gets nasty with you while you're asking a question and you're still learning, just ignore it and ignore them and recognize that that's the gift they gave you not to work with them. And go, go align yourself with the people who are willing to help you. Um, because the people who really truly are successful not only are they mo- the most available, they're the ones that give back the most because we've all been there. You know, I'm at the point now where I'm really helping a lot of these different capital raisers syndicate deals and get things done because I know how to do it now, right? But there was a point where I didn't know how to do it and I had to ask the questions. So I encourage you to really be on bigger pockets, ask questions. When you are the teacher and you do know the answer, get on there and post the answer, even if you can't go into a lengthy amount of, of information, that's still okay. Even if you just say, Hey, you know, I tried this or I've seen it done this way, or I heard on this podcast that this might work. You know, you're being helpful. You're being friendly. You're, you're putting your face out there and putting your knowledge out there. And the biggest thing is you're taking action and the universe rewards action. You know, even if like, I used to tell people with marketing, get on there and create a video and people say, well, what about my hair? What about my makeup? Oh my gosh you know, I just got done working out, blah, blah, Nobody cares. The (laughs) only person that cares is you. (laughs) Nobody cares. I do videos all the time. Like right now my hair is curly and I don't care. Sometimes I, you know, I, sometimes I do. And if it's a professional setting, like a seminar and stuff, you'll see me with my hair straight. But the reality of it is, is I'm on a video right now. And and to me, as long as I'm delivering the valuable content, that's what you should be paying attention to. Nobody gives a crap if my hair is curly or straight or whatever, nobody cares how much you weigh, nobody cares if you have makeup, nobody cares. The only thing that they truly care about is that you're providing them with education and valuable content. So be bold, get on a video, write yourself a blog, write posts, do research, share the information, and be as helpful as you physically can on social media on bigger pockets and in general in life and that's where you'll find a lot of your success people are naturally drawn to leaders like that so when you're producing that kind of content that kind of information what's going to happen is people are going to start reaching out to you hey i'm interested in real estate and i don't know how to get in can you help me hey i have money i need to deploy can you help me hey i've got deals but i have no one to help me capital raise can you help me and and in that when you're producing that content you become the leader in that space, they call it thought leadership. And that's really what it is. So I encourage everybody, um, not to sound rude, but get over yourself and just act, create action, just jump. Like we said earlier, jump off the ledge, not really, nobody go kill themselves, please, (laughs) please. But jump off the ledge and figure out how to build a plane on the way down. Even if you don't know what content you wanna produce, get on the video and say, hey guys, I'm gonna start producing content, what do you wanna hear?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find out. Just, just remember out there. You know, it's like, look. Just because you're a second grader in this industry doesn't mean that there aren't first graders and kindergartners behind you that you look like a rock star to.
1: Yeah, you
0: are the smartest. You, you, know, just, just because you know when a second grader walks into a first grade classroom, they're the genius in the room. I, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it just because, just because you don't have your doctorate in multifamily real estate doesn't mean that you cannot be a help to, uh, those around you. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, just, just, you know, if you're in this multifamily space, like, like, like what was said earlier is it is a small world. The, 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 the people in those, you know, it's like, look, this community's not very big, you know? So, you know, just, just you're you're going to help other people who have found this. You're going to help them. You're going to help them learn. So, you know, if you're a second grader, you know, help the first graders. Don't I, you know, not now don't go mouth off to the to the doctorate that you know the world because you're a second <laughs> grader. You know, no know, know, know where you're at. You know, understand what you understand, but also, you know, know what you don't know, but know what well, you do know.
1: That's a good point in like your, your tears, right? Your second and first grade. Inevitably those first graders are going to ask you questions that you don't know the answer to. Now, most people will look at that and say, Oh, I don't know. How am I, how am I going to help them? That's so embarrassing. You need to look at that as an opportunity. If the first graders are asking you questions you don't know the answer to, you need to go talk to the fifth graders or the doctorate level and ask them the questions. I guarantee you they will answer them for you. Now you can go back to your first graders and say, Hey, look what I learned. Why don't we learn it together even more?
0: But so oh, now oh,
1: you're that, creating your
0: team too. Oh, definitely, and that—that and that, you know, I mean, you should you should be hoping that those first graders ask you questions, and you know, actually, you really want to hope that they ask you a question that you had not thought about asking yet, because guess what? There is your opportunity for growth and education. <laughs> because now, you know, and and maybe you just tell them, look. I don't know, but I'm going to go looking for it. And, you know, and and I'll, I'll get that answer for you or, you know, well, I'm not really sure who, maybe both of us can go searching for the answer and we'll find it. You find it. You tell me, you know, part, just partner up, like you said, build your team, partner up, help, help those that, you know, those that you're more educated than help them out. You know, especially if you're raising capital, you better get used to educating because Everybody, you you might as well just get it through your mind now. It's not going to be everybody, but you might as well just prepare yourself right now. That yeah, well, that's they don't everybody.
1: teach financial literacy in this country. If they taught more financial literacy, we would have to teach it.
0: Yeah. But you know, it's like, look, um, you know, it, plan on telling somebody what irr means, plan on telling somebody what ROI means. Plan on, you know, it's like, you know, oh, what's an eight percent pref? Well, you better be able to explain that if you're going to raise capital because people, it's going to, you know, if you're thinking about raising capital and you want to raise capital from others, you you need to know your terminology. And you need to know your terminology, you know, we, we were talking about first graders. Look, you need to know the terminology. There's a lot of terms, there's a lot of things, and you need to figure out how to explain it to that first grader. And I'm not talking metaphorical first grader. No, I'm talking in real life, know how to explain exactly what you're saying to a fourth grader level.
1: That's a good point. I just got back from a mastermind, mastermind with a, a couple of very high level um, people, high level entrepreneurs, and it was amazing. Um, and one of the things I said is, look, if you can't explain to, to a six year old what you do and get them to understand it, without having to actually like go into detail and explain it, if you can't get that out in a couple sentences and have them understand, either you're doing the wrong thing or you're really explaining it in the wrong way. And that's very, very true. We are all perpetually five-year-olds, right? And we like things explained very, very simply. Even though we're able to understand high-level concepts, we like it explained simply. So for those that are looking to capital, capital raise – Make dang sure that you can express what you're doing in a way where your little niece or nephew, first grader, would completely 100% understand what it is you do, what you're trying to accomplish, and why. Why is it important? That's the other thing that most people miss. They miss the why. Why do you want to invest with me? Who, who is it that I am that sets me apart from the rest of every other person in this world? You know, And mo- 90% of the time, it's not what you know. You know, we've all, think think for us. So our first raise was $1.6 million. We had no clue, really. I mean, we had been in real estate, but we really didn't know a lot of what we were doing. So the investors that came into that knew, these these ladies don't really know what they're doing. They've only been in it, you know, six months, I think, at that time, from the time we started learning about it until the time we closed. And what it really came down to is who we are. That's why they invested. They invested because no matter what, we do not uh, deteriorate, deteriorate our integrity. We do not besmirch our names. We are always 100% for the investor. Our moral compasses are so strong and aligned directly with the investors. And we do nothing that is morally, ethically, or illegal ever. So, you know, have some faith in yourself and who you are. You don't necessarily have to sell, you know this is an eight and this is this and this is that. Yeah, they're gonna to wanna to know that and you should absolutely know, understand that lingo and be able to explain it. But really when it comes down to it, you have to know who you are and why you're doing what you're doing and who you're doing it for. You know, I'm, I'm a person where I strongly believe in financial literacy and I strongly believe that every single one of us deserves financial and time freedom in this world. So I am an advocate for my fellow man to bring them deals that will double their money in three to five years. That's what I'm after. Now, how I do that is honestly quite irrelevant. Irrelevant. It doesn't matter the deal. It doesn't matter where it is or, or what's coming about. That's all the mechanics of it. And yes, I do know that. But really, it's the advocacy for the common man saying, look, let's actually get you to a retirement that's comfortable where you don't ever have to worry about being a Walmart greeter. At eighty years old, because you have no other option. Not that there's yeah. anything wrong with Walmart greeters, but if that's your only option at eighty and you want to retire, I mean, that's sad. I don't want to ever see that happen.
0: Yeah, it's 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 like, look, if you're eighty and you're a Walmart greeter because that's how you want to get out of your house and and, and, and socialize, okay, that's fine. I, I, you know, if that's what you want, right, you, mean, you 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 know, if, if that's your, you, you know, if. Uh, if you realize that hey I, I'm at Walmart four times a week anyway I might as well hang around here for four hours and socialize, yeah that's that's fine. But you know unless that's uh, unless that's in your DNA and that's what you want to do then no you know it's 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 like look we we should all you, you, you know the the whole work life balance you know that's what I think most of us are are here on on here for is to try and help and keep those, uh, those, the, that life work balance, uh, you know, where, where we want it to be and where it's, it, it, it's, it's even, you know, it's, it's, we're not, you know, we're, we're, I, I mean, I, I know there's people out there that enjoy an 80 hour work week and they enjoy looking at apartments for 80 hours a week. Um,
1: not high you know, level, uh, high level performers, they have balance.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. You, you, you know, they're um, harsh, some insane people out there. That, that that's that's what they want to do. But you know, yeah. it's uh you know, no, we 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 need to have a good balance on this. And and that's you, really like you said that's that's part of why we do this. Is like, look, there's there's more than you know, there's there's more than out more out there than just you know, killing yourself every day. It's like, look, what's the getting,
1: point? Yeah. Why why kill yourself and work that hard to the point where you can't enjoy the fruits of your labor? I told my husband that because you know he's a workaholic too, and I love him to death. But sometimes after a sixteen-hour day, I say, "Honey, like you have to stop." I'm going to force you to stop. You're going to talk to me for an hour. We're going to relax. We're going to chill out. We're going to eat. I'm going to make you something healthy <laughs> because you have to. Otherwise, what's the damn point? You get to the you know if you work so hard for twenty years that your health fades and. That You're dead in 25. You only got five good years. What's the point?
0: Well, that's that's I I I seen a post this morning. It it said, okay, uh, you start working at 18, you retire at 68, and the life cycle is uh like 69. They were like, okay, so you work. 45 years and you get to enjoy of it. And that's like, yeah, no, that's not the math that I want. And that's not the math that I want for anybody I know. I mean, I, you know, most of my investors, I, I know them, I like them and you know, I don't want them, you you know, uh, there, there's people out there who have jobs that, you know, they, they would do the job for free. And if that's you and you have that and you enjoy your work and you're you 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 know you that's that's your thing that is awesome i mean i know some people that you know i i look at them and i'm jealous i'm going well that's a really cool field i can't do that field because i'm not a medical device seller but you know look if you sell something that changes people's lives in a medical way why would you ever want to quit doing that but you know it's it's you know, if you don't have a job that, you know, if you don't have a job that you love that much, no, I, I want to help you out. I want to show you a different way to be able to get to a different state in your life so you can enjoy your life, yeah. so you have that time to do what you need to do.
1: And, and so to add to your life stage, I think a lot of people, too, need to realize, you know, when you're young and single and don't have kids, don't have a spouse, don't it's fine to work 80 hours a week. You've got the energy, you've got the time, you don't have the responsibilities. And on the weekends, you can go party it up and that's great. Work hard, play hard, man, I'm all for it. But there comes a point in your life where you do have a spouse and family and, and kids and or kids and maybe you wanna travel more and enjoy things more. And and that's okay too. You know, It's perfectly fine to slow down in and, and, and that later years. Like I'm in my 30s now, in my early 20s, I worked 12 to 16 hours a day, set 5 to 7 days a week and I was fine with that. I was perfectly fine with that because I was building at that time too. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and when you're building a business, it's fine to work like that for a year or two, but if you work like that consistently throughout your life on a on a 16-hour day, 80 hours a week, you will burn out. Your body will force you to burn out even if your mind does not because we are still organic creatures and we can only go so much so long. It is the reality of life. It just is. So when you're building, I encourage you, yeah, maybe work a couple extra hours. That's perfectly fine. But also make sure that if you have the families, if you have hobbies, that you get the time to spend doing that as well. It will reinvigorate your soul and make you more mentally clear too. You can't, how can you think if you're so combobulated with stuff and I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do that. Where's the clarity? Where's the creativity? Where's the peace of mind?
0: Oh yeah. Well, like you said, it, it's that whole balance thing. I mean, that that that's the whole thing. It's like, look, you you know, um, it's just ho- hopefully hopefully what you're working on, and you know, you, you're at the point where what you're doing and what you're working on, you're doing it more out of want to build, to create than it is. You know, just humdrum. I have to do it because if I don't do it, I don't eat. You know, if if the only thing you're working for is just food money, well, you probably need to find a different job. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, you should you you should have some some enjoyment and some satisfaction from from getting up and going to work. And, and I guess this is another public service announcement of uh, yeah. If you if you hate your job that much it's time to find a new <laughs>
1: Why well, I don't understand the people that say, Oh, I've worked in my job for 50 years and I hated every minute of it. Oh my God, you just wasted your entire life. Yeah. How could you do that to yourself? Like be kind to your future, future self. That's a new thing I'm on is <laughs> will your future self thank you for the actions that you're taking right now, including your job. Will your future self look at you and say, why didn't you leave that job? Why didn't you leave that spouse? Why didn't you, why didn't you? Be kind to your future self. You are counting on yourself, right? So yes. if you're unhappy with it now, chances are highly likely you're going to be unhappy with it for forever. Now, there's times I've seen like uh, my mom had a job where she uh, she loved it at first and then she didn't like it because of some changes in management and then another change happened and she loved it again. Now, that may be the case, but if you completely hate what you're doing for years and years and years, like what's the point? What yeah. is the point? You yeah. only get one life and we only get like 70 years.
0: So Yeah. 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 And, 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 and it, it's, it's like, look, just, um, you know, just, just keep just, you know, and that, that should, that's also on the motivation side of, you know, like you said, sometimes you just need to get up and go and make actions. You know, it, it, if, if you're, you know, I, I guess if, if you're in that point where you're, you're just, day in and day out your job or whatever's not making you happy. It's, it's time to, Look, make some action. There's something out there that's going to make you happier. Do some action. Take a step. You know, you I, we were talking about you know analysis paralysis earlier. You know, and it, and it kind of boils back down to that. It's like, look, at some point, you need to take a step. And if you're not happy, and you know, I'm not saying you 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 have a bad day and you go home, you divorce your wife, you quit your job, and you kick your dog out and take him to the a <laughs> Bad
1: country song,
0: <laughs> this this is long term, you know, it's like, look, just because you spilled your coffee at work doesn't mean that you get divorced, you quit, you know, and you sell your, right. uh, you know, you, you don't do all that because somebody spilled some coffee. But, you know, if, uh, I mean, it, this is me speaking of my own personal thing is like, look, If it it, not now, if you get up and you've had moments on your drive, on your drive in, like your drive into work has made you sad and wanted, you've wanted to cry on your way into work. It's time to find a new job. Believe me. Or if all you're looking forward to in
1: life is the weekends, I've heard people that. I only look forward to the weekend. I hate my Monday through Friday. I'm like God. That's five. That's five out of seven days. That's more than three quarters. Like you're hating three quarters of your life. So yeah. if all you're looking forward to is the weekend or coming home, then you might want to reassess, especially if that goes on for years and years and years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, but, but that's, I mean, that's what we're both here trying to, uh, you know, trying to help people get, you know, to that point in their life where, you know, it's like, look, you know, this, this, this is a wonderful and an amazing vehicle that we work in. This is an amazing segment of real estate that we both work in and that we're building businesses around, you know, this is an awesome and amazing vehicle. And, you know, just, you know, if you're out there raising money for this, you know, this is why you're doing it. You're trying to help these people. You're building this business. You're helping them get to a place in life where they can live life. And well, you know, maybe, you know, yeah, it's like, look, maybe you are a a CPA and you hate being a CPA, but well, you, you know, do this, find some investments, find your, find your roadmap map out. You know, you, maybe you are in a situation where you hate your job and you can't, you know, for whatever reason, you know, even if it, you, you know, it, you know, you don't, you don't want to, or you don't think that you can move. Well, figure out a way that you can replace that job with, you know, with, with investing, invest in stuff that, that, you know, so it okay. Um, you know, maybe you're not in an ideal situation. You can't change your job. Maybe you own the job and you still hate it, you know, and you can't, and you know, you're not ready to sell. Whatever it is, it's, you know, just, just find, you know, that's, that's why we're here. That's why we're helping people raise money so that they can get into something different and do and spend their life the way that they're supposed to live, you know. I
1: think just, a lot of people have fear with it and and I want to touch on the fear factor Definitely. for a little bit because I think that's one of the biggest things that holds people back with everything in life, whether it be marketing online or or leaving that job or or contacting that, that boy or girl or at the bar or whatever. So I'm going to have a couple stories with fear. Um, the first one is I was living in Bakersfield, California in 2008. I did not like what I was, I liked what I was doing. I hated who I was working for. I had a boss that told me I don't care if, and what my job was, was I was a personal training manager. So I had to sell people a personal training and then turn them over to the trainers. So she told me, I don't care if you hurt people. I don't care if you lie to people, get their credit card. I quit that job two hours later in the middle of a recession in a town where I knew nobody. There was no job prospects and I had no way of paying my rent. And the only thing I actually regret from that is that I didn't quit sooner, that it took me two whole hours to make that decision. That's the only regret I have. And let me tell you what happened after that. I wound up moving and found a better job, a way, way better job. So even though I had a lot of fear associated with it, there was no way in hell that I was going to compromise my integrity. So even if you're afraid to do something, if you know in your soul that it is right and that it is crushing your soul, if you don't do it, jump, you will be fine. Uh. And the only reason I was able to do that is because my first story is I was homeless at 18. And when you start with nothing, I mean, literally nothing, but living on the streets, the only thing you have are the clothes on your back, it kind of eliminates that whole fear process because I know for a fact that I can be back down in the gutter and crawl right back up and so can every other human. Humans are capable of amazing things, amazing things. My story is not even that bad. Look at the kids who are abused, whether sexually or, or physically beaten or kept in like, basically dungeons half their life, and they still come out and they still do something with their life. Look at the guy that, I can't remember his last name, but Nick, and he has no arms and no legs. Look at all oh, the amazing yeah. things he's done. Humans are capable of amazing things, so if they can, you can too. So don't ever give me an excuse. Well, I can't. No, you won't. You choose. It's a choice that you're making. So you can either feel the fear and rise, or feel the feel, fear. Fear. the fear and run. Yeah.
0: I encourage
1: you to rise and just get over it. Because no matter what, that fear is going to be there. It's what you do with it that matters.
0: Definitely, one hundred percent. You know, it's it's look. If you know my. of the time, if you don't like where you're at, there's only one person, one being, that's going to get you out of where it is, and that's you. it's like, look, if you don't like where you're at, I don't, you know, pick a foot, left foot, right foot, whichever one you want, but one of them needs to move, and then the other one needs to follow, and then, you know, it's back and forth. It's called walking. If you don't like where you're at, if you, it's like, look, if you don't like where you're at, and you don't know which which direction, head, a direction, it doesn't matter because you know this spot <laughs> sucks. Yes, 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 you you could make that, that other step in that other direction, may suck worse, but you know what? Now you've educated yourself, don't step right, step left. We'll see what direction that goes, you know. Whichever, you know, whatever direction you go, if you don't like where you're at and you make the wrong step in the wrong direction, you know. Turn you,
1: around. Step back in, step back a different way. The universe universal rewards action. As long as you're stepping, the universe will start putting things in front or God will start putting things in front of you to help you along your way. Maybe that direction is hard, but if you really pay attention, uh, the universe or God will give you something that says, hey, maybe you turn right here. You know, that's great. I saw you took action. Let me reward you by putting a roadblock in front of you so that you're forced to turn right. Yeah. So, And it may not come in the form that you want to receive it. I think that's. You know, we pray and we pray and we pray and he ask for these things, and then God delivers them to us in the forms that we don't like or not expecting. And so we, we say, Well, our prayers aren't answered. Well, yes, they were. You just weren't paying attention. A roadblock could very well be uh, God stepping in the way and saying, Turn right, not left, or stop going straight. So well, don't be afraid to just turn a different way. But you're right. It's one day at a time, one freaking step at a time. And sometimes it's really, really, really hard, especially when you're rebuilding. It is hard. But you just keep taking one step at a time and eventually you built a mountain. And,
0: and, and also if you keep praying and asking for stuff and you're not getting it the way that you want it, you're not being specific enough about your ask.
1: That's true. you know,
0: the, the 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 universe will give you just about the there's a couple things that you that you know it, it doesn't really happen, but most likely if you have a vision, if you have a dream, if you know where you wanna go. And you you keep concentrating on it, you keep taking steps, and you keep ending up not exactly where you want to be, your vision's not clear enough. You need to stop, and you need to get really, really cl- crystal clear on where you want to go, where you're heading. and then start taking those steps but you know it but it again back to like if you don't if you really hate where you're at you don't have to have a crystal clear vision you just have to have a vision of this ain't where i need to go we'll we'll figure it out but you know if you if you're sitting there you're taking steps and you're not still not getting there you need to stop and you need to be a little bit more clear about exactly what you want you know because uh you know if uh i, I was listening to somebody yesterday go well if you keep praying for rent, all you're going to get is rent. If you want a mortgage note, well you need to start praying for a mortgage. You know, if it, it, <laughs> it, it, you, you know whatever whatever it is, you know if if it's you, you know it, what just you, you got to you, if you're not getting what you're wanting and you're taking action, you need to be you need to clarify what it is that you actually want because your goals your your directions not in HD. You know, you got to get it in HD.
1: That's very true. That's very, very true. Good point.
0: Um, well, I, we're, we're getting a little long here, so I think we're going to wrap it up. My last question for all of my guests is, how do you like to give back
1: so I'm involved with a couple different, um, charities and, and other people. So one of them helps, uh, disabled children, which I have a history with, and I really enjoy working with them. If you've if you ever want to see pure joy, children, and um, especially children with disabilities, they have the most purest hearts, purest joy you've ever seen. But unfortunately a lot of times they don't have, um, the parents don't have the, the money to support activities or, um, They're just different lifestyles. It's very expensive having a disability because of medical expenses, right? So I really enjoy giving back to them. I'm currently working on a gala in October that will be celebrating them. Um, The other way that I like to give back is helping young entrepreneurs. Uh, So people getting into the multifamily space, feel free to reach out to me at any time. I love helping new capital raisers because there are a lot of details. And unfortunately, I don't really – like all the gurus and all the education platforms – they teach the mechanics of multifamily. They don't really dive into how to effectively capital raise, how to get them from a prospect to, yes, I'm going to hand you money for this deal. Uh, so I really like helping people do that because I did figure it out and it was a little bit of a stumbling block. But And I remember thinking during that time, man, if I didn't have the knowledge that I came to the table with, I've been in sales forever and ever and ever it would be really challenging. It would be extremely challenging. So any multifamily capital or any capital raisers in general that are needing help, especially if you're new, feel free to reach out to me. I'm very, very happy to, to help out. That's a very good question, David. I'm glad you asked that.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it, it's um, yeah. I, I, I just, uh, well, I, well, I, I always like to have that question, you know, that, that just kind of gives a little bit of a insight in the, in the people's souls and kind of, you know, Let's let you know where they're heading and how to how to help them out. Um, now, anybody, what's, a, what's the best way for everybody to get a hold of you?
1: Uh, so I'm best through email. I'm, I'm terrible at answering my phone, but I'll give you my number anyway. So uh-huh. my, email, <laughs> my email is mj, M as in Mary, J and Jane, at azwealthbuilder.com. My phone number is 661-373-5357. I'm a much better texter than I am answering my phone.
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome, you may regret that, and at any point you can reach back out to me and say, Look yeah. you, that last thirty seconds there where I gave out my number, uh please pull that back. I will gladly do that yeah, and-
1: i'm happy to talk to people. I truly, truly love people, and as long as you 're not some creepo calling me, i 'm more than happy to talk to you
0: <laughs> all righty, well, I hope you have a wonderful evening, and we will definitely have to have you back on and until next time just enjoy.
1: Thank you, David. Thank you, everyone.
0: Thank you. Hey, everybody. Today's episode is brought to us by the Raising Money Summit, raisingmoneysummit.com. Adam Adams has put together a amazing lineup of speakers. You have Adam Adams, Michael Blanc, Tim Bratz, Ellie Perlman, Alina Trigub, Kent Clothier, Jeremy Roll, Jillian Sadati, Cordy Peterson, Marine Miles, and many, many more. If you are raising money for syndication, for fix and flips, for land deals, for self-storage, mobile home parks, whatever you're and raising money for in real estate. You need to be here at this conference. Again, that is the RaisingMoneySummit.com for tickets. And Adam has been gracious enough to let our listeners have a 40% discount through the end of May. All you need to do is use the promo code SPOTLIGHT, one word, SPOTLIGHT, S-P-O-T-L-I-G-H-T. And again, that is RaisingMoneySummit.com. And if you're raising money, this is the must-attend event of the year. And it is just going to be amazing. Adam puts on a just a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, summit. So just, uh, again, RaisingMoneySummit.com. And if you use the promo code SPOTLIGHT, you will get
1: 40% off through the end of May.